our brain actually cannot differentiate between vivid imagination and what actually happened. So when you vividly imagine that moment from the viewpoint of current you, the way that memory is stored in your brain actually changes. And because of that, you are now lighter, more capable, more compassionate with people around you, and more able to bring your strengths and resources and capacities to help the world. Welcome to Heal Your Relationships. This podcast is all about healing your marriage and your other close relationships without waiting for the people around you to change. I'm your host, Dr. Kavita Sun. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, my friends. Happy Thursday. So before we start today, today's topic is a tender one. It is on self-forgiveness, something that I really had to work hard at in spurts and stops over many years, more than a decade of trying different ways to get to self-forgiveness. So I want to share with you some of the most powerful lessons that I've learned along the way that have helped me be able to let go of that shame that came with some of my early, early, early 20s, mid 20s decisions. But before we get into it, I want to share with you that we are doing a free relationship success seminar coming up in December 18, 19, 20, 21 of this year. And uh, the link to register is in the show notes. We are limiting this to a 100 spots because it's going to be via Zoom and Zoom only allows for 100 attendees, uh, at least the plan that I have. <laughs> so feel free to register as soon as you possibly can if you would like to attend. If you register and you're not able to attend, you will get the replace. So again, the link is down below. Free Relationship Success Seminar on the 18, 19, 20, 21. The live trainings will be at 8 p.m. Eastern. But if you register and can't attend, like I said, you'll get replaced. All right. So self-forgiveness. I want to share with you three ideas and three action items, if you will. The first idea is to understand what forgiveness actually is. I used to think because I had a lot of guilt and shame associated with some of the things that I had done mostly to other people, right? That's usually where our worst self-criticism and our worst criticism of somebody else might come from is when there's impact on people around them. So most of my harsh judgment of myself was to do with decisions that I made when I, I wouldn't even say I consciously made that decision because consciously making a decision means that you had more than one good option and you chose this. For me, and for most of us who have made decisions in the past that we regret, at the moment of making those decisions, we did not see any other viable option. That doesn't mean it didn't exist, but I could not see it back then. So for me, I sort of uh, stumbled unconsciously or subconsciously into those decisions rather than a true decision which would require a conscious comparison between two at least somewhat viable options. So when someone is in a spot where they feel, at least their perception is that they are sort of cornered and they 
don't have any other way of managing that situation, they're going to stumble into doing things just to get by, just to get through the day, just to get through that moment, just to get through that phase or that event. And we literally, even if I wanted to, I could not have done anything else because nothing else was in my realm of possibility back then. It's kind of like saying to somebody, why didn't you decide to go live on Mars? It just was beyond even my vocabulary, right? So when I say, oh my gosh, I wish I'd done it differently, for a long time, I was under the impression that I could have done it differently. And then I realized at one point that even if I went back in that moment, I couldn't have done anything differently because that was the extent of my capacity at that moment. In that way, it was not even a true decision because I didn't really have choice. The second idea that I want to share with you that has helped me a lot is to define what forgiveness is. And I heard this from Oprah, but I don't know whether she heard it from somebody else. But she once said that to her, forgiveness is giving up the idea that the past could have been anything different. And so this is related to idea number one, but it's slightly different in that the past could not have been different because it wasn't. This is more of an acceptance of reality as is because whenever we fight reality, I don't know about you, but whenever I fight reality, I only lose 100% of the time. There is no way it could have been different because it wasn't different. Just like saying, I wish it didn't rain this morning or I wish it wasn't raining right now. It may be spoiling a very important event for you, but fighting it is futile and keeps you stuck because it just doesn't match reality. So giving up the idea that the past could have been any different because the past wasn't and the past is over. And so a corollary of this is whenever there's a gap between reality and your expectations, whether of yourself or other people, you're going to suffer. And the final idea that I want to share with you is to think about the idea of guilt versus shame. Guilt, I believe, is not uh, a bad thing because guilt and regret allows you to know what your values are. It allows you to sense that you are growing as a person. You only have guilt when you can imagine a different way that you could have handled it, which means you had to have grown and your resources had to have grown for you to even imagine, oh, I could have handled it that way. I wish I had. So for me, guilt and regret is a sign of growth. And it's a sign of what my new values are. And the only way I can feel them in relation to the past is with the guilt that comes with not having access to these values back then. Again, values sound very moral, but when someone's back is to the wall, they cannot even conceive of any other way to deal with a situation. They're going to stumble into muddling through and surviving the best they can. So guilt and regret are not bad things to feel. They are momentary feelings. They may come upon us and stay with us for a few minutes or a few hours or even a couple of days and then they will recede and they may come back later in the month or the week or the year. It's part of being human. 
I want to learn to differentiate guilt and regret versus shame. And you've probably heard this, that guilt is thinking that, oh, I did an action in the past that is not in line with my current values. Shame is thinking because of that wrong decision, you are a bad person. There's something inherently bad about you. Sadly, I really did carry that feeling for many, many years. I remember once telling uh, a friend that I worried about getting close to anybody because, and this is verbatim what I said to her, anyone or anything that I touch will be hurt. And it pains me to think of that younger version of me who truly believed that about herself. What a burden to carry. What an sort of indelible mark or shadow I had cast upon my own heart. That shame is something that you want to rethink or question. Because when we think that something is inherently wrong with us, we will not even try to be better. We will not try to learn new skills. We will not try to increase the choices that we have in our life or the resources in our lives, or the support system that we need, we won't even try because what's the point, right? If there's something inherently wrong with you, then nothing else can fix it. And so you're more likely to repeat decisions or actions that you would regret, and you're more likely to create situations over and over where you would make those decisions if you think of yourself in that shameful way. Shame collapses us into ourselves and actually prevents us from growth and from connection and from compassion or empathy for another person. What we can't give ourselves, we can't give someone else, right? It really isolates you and makes your future decisions also ones that you might regret. So those are the three ideas that I wanted to share with you that have helped me a lot. Now let's move on to three things Of all the things that I've tried, these three have helped me greatly. The first one is repairing with people or a person from my past. I remember when I was in residency, this was in 2007, 2007, 2008. I was in residency between 2006 to 9. And somewhere in my second or third year, I called an old classmate of mine that I went to high school with right? We were maybe 14 at the time, where I had done something that had been haunting me and troubling me for many, many years. I completely lost contact with her, right? I had not spoken to her in about 20 years in between. And I found her contact information, called her and apologized. And it really did set both of us free. She was able to, I encouraged her, asked her, if she would be willing, first of all, to have that conversation, because just because I'm ready doesn't mean she's ready. But she was, luckily, and I was able to apologize. And part of apology is actually asking the other person to share the impact of that moment in time. So I asked her to share, what was that impact on you back then? So that we could really clean it out, instead of just sort of pit pat, just put a bandaid on it. I wanted it to be a true cleansing. And it turned out to be a really important conversation for us. 
and we've remained good friends ever since. So I really encourage you, if there is someone in your past that you need to repair with, I would reach out to them. First, ask if they are willing, right, to have a brief conversation about what happened in the past and let them know that your only intention is to apologize and that it won't take more than 20 minutes. Allow them to say yes or no. Okay, give them the freedom to say yes or no, because they may or may not be in a position or a point in their lives where they want to have that conversation. It's not forgiveness unless it's freely given. So repair. I have since repaired with many people. And every time I have done a proper repair, I have found myself feeling lighter in my body and my life. There's suddenly more room for joy and new adventures. I have the energy for dreaming again. Whenever I have truly, fully, deeply apologized to somebody. So if at all you have the opportunity to do so, I urge you to take that opportunity, even if it is that you haven't spoken to that person or seen them for decades. My mind used to say to me, you know, what's the point? It's just so far gone. Why dig all that up again? And I'll tell you why. It's because it sets you free. It sets the other person free. And that is worth doing, even if it's been 50 years since you last spoke to that person. If it is at all on your mind, then it will set you free. So that's repair. The second um, idea in terms of something to do is to make a list of all the things and people and opportunities and growth and material things and intangible things and experiences that you have had in your life from that moment on that can in some way be traced to that decision. I can tell you that some of the decisions that actually one particular decision that I made that I wish, again, no point in wishing the reality was different, but I wish that I had felt like I had more choices. I wish that younger version of me had been given more internal security and support when I was very, very young so that I could have come to that moment with an inner sense of having choice. However, despite that, despite the fact that that decision was something that I did go back and repair many, many years later, I still can trace so much good that came into my life as a direct or indirect consequence of that decision. There was a lot of pain as well for me, for sure. And I know that I caused pain for the other person. There is no doubt about that. But it's also true that after that moment, as at least an indirect result of that decision, good came into my life as well. And I did good to other people as a result of surviving that moment in the best way I knew how, and then becoming a better version of myself in the years that followed. I have helped many hundreds and hundreds of people, partly because of what I learned in that moment, what I learned about how to create inner security, 
No one gave me that. No one taught me that. I had to learn it. But because indirectly from that moment, over the next few years, I went on a journey and I did learn that I have helped many, many people and myself. And if I made a list of all the people I've helped and all the ways that I have grown as a person and all the ways that I have now I have confidence in myself were I to be in that situation again that I would have so much more choice. That doesn't negate the pain that was caused by that decision, but it does give me perspective. Because when we have regret, we tend to zone in in our minds and ruminate on that moment. And it's sort of like a black dot on a white sheet of paper. We forget to pull back and see the whole picture. So I would urge you to make a list and don't just think about this list. Truly, I have done it both ways. It is miles apart in terms of the power of putting pen to paper. Sit down and make an actual list of all the tiny ways and big ways that you have grown as a person and impacted other people's lives for the good as a direct or indirect consequence downstream effect of that decision. It will give you perspective. The third tool that I offer you is to go back in your mind's eye to that moment where you made that decision and sit with your younger version of yourself and see the confusion and the pain and the overwhelm and the panic and the fogginess and the sense of feeling trapped, of not having any other way to react. See that in yourself in that moment. Go back to that moment. Imagine a scene where that younger version of you in that moment was. And go and sit in that room with that younger version of yourself and let her know that you see all of the pain and confusion and panic that she's experiencing and that you going forward will never have her be in that position anymore because now you, this version of you, the current version of you, has more resources to give her. This has helped me greatly to really be with the impossible nature of my inner world at that moment and to meet that younger version of myself and to give myself compassion, empathy, and to let her know that she will never be alone like that again. If you can take even five minutes to close your eyes, you can do this in the bathroom, in a closet, Somewhere that you can be private for five minutes, close your eyes, actually go back to that moment, feel your strength and your expanded capacity now and notice that you're bringing that as you enter, you're taking all of that, all of your current capacity with you into that room and be with the younger version of yourself with compassion, with empathy, with no judgment at all like you would if it was your own child. If you saw your child's suffering and be with your younger version of yourself, because that is like your child, and let her know or him know that they will 
never be that alone and that scared and that helpless ever again. Every time I do this, I still do this when I have a certain memory. Every time I do this, and if I take five minutes to just fully be in that moment, I feel so much lighter and as if a light is shining through me when I'm done with that exercise. It's very powerful because shame grows in isolation, in the feeling of being alone. So you can reduce that by reducing the memory of aloneness. Our brain actually cannot differentiate between vivid imagination and what actually happened. So when you vividly imagine that moment from the viewpoint of current you, the way that memory is stored in your brain actually changes. And because of that, you are now lighter, more capable, more compassionate with people around you, and more able to bring your strengths and resources and capacities to help the world. So I really urge you to do this as many times as you need and to share this episode with anyone that you think might benefit from it as well. I truly think self-forgiveness is the portal towards compassion and connection with the world, with anyone in your life. It's very hard to have genuine connection which allows for differences, which allows for disappointments, if we cannot be with our own disappointments in ourselves. So I share, urge you to try these tools and share it with this episode with anyone in your life that might benefit. I hope that was helpful. Big hugs to you. And again, we have a free relationship success seminar coming up. It's free for the first 100 registrants. The link to register is in the show notes. Come and join us. I'll see you there. Big hugs. Bye-bye. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast and you'd like access to our marriage repair toolkit, you can go to www.healyourrelationships, all one word, healyourrelationships.com and look for free training. I'll see you there.